As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Understand, defend, and share your faith with confidence. This is Unapologetic from Premier Unbelievable. Thank you for joining us on Unapologetic, helping you to understand, defend, and share your faith with confidence. I'm Ruth Jackson, and before we hear from today's guest, I just want to remind you to head over to our website, premierunbelievable.com, where you can find more shows, articles, and resources. And if you register or sign up for our newsletter there, you can get yourself numerous free ebooks. But now for today's show. I'm joined once again by the incredible Lauren Windle, journalist, presenter and author of Notes on Love, Being Single and Dating in a Marriage-Obsessed Church. Lauren, we chatted a bit about your story, your recovery from addiction, how you found God in the last episode, but I really want to focus on your book and on singleness and dating in this episode. So I guess if we go back to the beginning of um, of kind of your, your story pre pre sort of finding God how do you think your perception of dating has changed since becoming a Christian I mean what was your dating life like before so I did have a series of long-term-ish relationships when I wasn't Christian but what I was sort of looking for in a partner I think is one of the major things that changed that's changed and I think maybe that would have changed as I grew up anyway as I got into my 30s I would have been more interested in in more of a sort of teammate than someone who I had a sort of instant physical attraction to. But the main thing I think that I have noticed, and I was actually talking to a friend about this this weekend in terms of for women, Christian dating versus not Christian dating, is that you feel your options shrink when you go into the church. And we know that there's a gender imbalance in our churches. We know that um, there's like two single women for every single man and um, you can literally walk into any church and you know throw a stone and you'll hit an incredibly accomplished woman who like loves Jesus and is really passionate about her faith and has a great job and probably does some charity work on the side and is just absolutely wonderful so it's it's that sort of feeling I think that was the first thing I really noticed. I noticed that in like the first two, three years of me being in the church, no one asked me out. And I wasn't used to that at all because in life, people often every now and again, I mean, I don't want to sound like a massive big head, but it happened sometimes, you know, whereas in the church that just that just didn't seem to be a thing. Right, Lauren, you've got a copy of your book there because I don't have a copy. Would you just hold it up to the screen so people can see what it looks like? This is Notes on Love. (laughs) 
brilliant book and I would highly recommend reading it. Now, there's a bit in your book, Lauren, where you say that um, being single in church needs a rebrand. I love that. Mm. What, what do you mean by that? What, why does it need a rebrand? And, um, you know, what, what is it? So what's it shown as currently and, and what does it need rebranding to, do you think? Yeah, I think people have just got the impression that being married is upgrading, that it's like that's when you level up. That's that's when you get into the sort of higher echelons of church society. That's when people care about your opinion or invite you to be more doing more in leadership and things like that. And actually, like that is the impression people have. And often that is a reflection of of how the churches are run. Not always. Um and, and different churches, I think, are far better at it than others. But it's just not biblical. Like the Bible's so clear that the decision to be single is an incredible one to take that opens you up and allows you so much more space to do things for God. And that, you know, Paul says he was single and um, and that we should, it's good to be single like him. Jesus was single. John the Baptist was single. Like Jesus was single, you know, like, come on. That's the the model of of doing human life perfectly. And he did not need to get married. And I think that that's a really powerful message. But for some reason, everyone is just, you know, pushing the single people to get married. And the, the first question we ask a single person, actually, only if you're very close friends with them, otherwise, what they're doing with their dating life is none of your business. <laughs> but the first thing that we need to, to tackle is like, do you want to date? Not who should you date? Actually, like, is that right for you? And it's, it's an amazing decision if you decide that it's not and that you just want to invest your life in in whatever else God is telling you to direct your attention towards. Lauren, why do you think the church is so marriage obsessed as opposed to kind of, you know, there, there does sort of seem to be this like unspoken hierarchy, doesn't there? Why, why do you think that is? I, I think it's silly not to acknowledge that the vast majority of people who are single in the church would like to be married and I know that that there are those people who who make that choice to be single but I I think that that desire can and does become an idol not just for the single people but also like it, it's fueled often by the married people by people asking these questions like oh you know are you really getting yourself out there oh when's it your turn you know all of those kind of things which are actually quite unhelpful for people when they're single. It's not that they don't know that they're single, you know, it's just that actually like they, they're just taking their time and, and doing what they can. And often people really are praying about it and being as active as they can in their dating life. And, and they don't really love those kind of questions, but it just seems like we've really put an emphasis on it. Um, there's, you know, pre-marriage course and a marriage course, but very few churches run the dating course, which is amazing. And I don't usually like dating content, particularly stuff that's written or run by married people. <laughs> but actually, like, I thought that was massively helpful. And there are plenty of other resources which are massively helpful. Um, but they're just not given the same airtime. There's this real value on, like, marriage and protecting marriage and celebrating marriage, which we should do. But we should also value the single people, protect the single people, protect their dating journeys, um, make sure that they are cushioned by an incredible credible community so that they can be single but never alone or lonely you know and we're not really doing that or at least not very well in most most churches 
Lauren, I feel like there might be some people who think that um, for whatever reason, dating is not necessarily a Christian concept. I think, you know, maybe the idea of going out with multiple people and deciding is, mm. is not biblical, or maybe you should just be like waiting for God to tell you who to who to go out with or all of that. Why, why are mm. you such a kind of evangelist for dating? And I suppose um, kind of part of that question, like what should dating look like, do you think, in a kind of church context? Yeah, I mean, the whole like I kiss dating goodbye book from the 90s or it was the 90s. <laughs> Joshua, yeah, like I, it was the, that's that whole sort of like by the time you're asking someone on a date, you need to be pretty sure that this is someone you could marry. I think the pressure in that is immense. Mm. And to be honest, there's no biblical dating because that's not how things were done then. People were arranged to be married with people because it was advantageous in terms of family connections or you know because they were from the same area or shared the same faith or whatever it was whereas these days you know we get choice and that's a gift but also a burden in that sometimes we actually have too much choice I think Mm. that it's stressful to think that every that the person you date it has to be a swing and a hit because you you need time to get to know someone and I I believe that healthy dating is the perfect way to do that and that means you know like doing some fun activities together spending time together you know hanging out in groups hanging out with each other's friends checking out each other's churches you know like it doesn't have to be super intense but the moment that like asking someone for a coffee is akin to a marriage proposal is the moment no one goes for coffee. And I think that that's actually where we've ended (laughs) up a lot of the time. Like the men are terrified to ask women out because they think that they'll suddenly be like working out what their name sounds like with that guy's surname on it. And, you know, where will we live after we get married and stuff like that, (laughs) you know, when actually that's not what dating's about. And then and women are just like, well, no one's asking me out. So I feel like I don't have these options. And that's really sad. And it's kind of depressing. And I think actually, like God provides us with tools to answer our prayers. You know, if you want a job, you don't just pray. If you want to buy a house, you don't just pray. Yes, you do pray, but you also look on Zoopla and see what's available for your budget in the area. Or you look on Gumtree or wherever you find jobs and and you see what jobs are being advertised and you pray. So why wouldn't you take that approach when it comes to dating? Why wouldn't you ask your friends Mm. to set you up? Why wouldn't you, you know, speak to people in nearby churches? Why wouldn't you turn up to sort of Christian events where you think it's likely there'll be a good mix of of single people who are around your age? You know, why wouldn't you download a dating app, a Christian, you know, there are Christian dating apps, Christian dating websites, and there are some where you can be very clear uh, about your faith and ask for somebody who has the same so there's loads of options like why not take them so I guess on that note then we're coming up to Valentine's Day it's not too far away now Lauren is there any way that people can help to facilitate this helpful dating as you say is there anything that um you know is one thing people doing it themselves but are there any way that churches church leaders smug married Christian couples you know how can (laughs) how can all of these folk be helping to facilitate healthy dating set up your mates the number of times someone has said to me oh I'd love to set you know Emma up but I just don't know any 
great single Christian men. And then you're like, oh, so, you know, who did you have dinner with the other night? And they're like, James, John. (laughs) And you're like, sorry, what? And they're just like, oh, I don't know if they'd get on. Don't assume who will and won't get on because it absolutely blows my mind sometimes, the people who fall in love. And you're like, I would never have introduced you guys. So give people the space. And sometimes that actually means like invite three single guys and three single girls over rather than just a one-on-one and, and, you know, make it really intense. Just have a really fun dinner, you know, or a takeaway or a games night or whatever. And just if you as a married person or as a church leader can be setting up opportunities for very casual socializing, then I think that's great. Um, I think that... For very specific people who have invited your challenges or your support or your intimate conversation, do be encouraging them, asking them about their dating life, asking how you can be praying, how you can be supporting them. Um, Obviously, that does take a level of proximity to the person because not everyone wants to have that kind of conversation with just sort of like Jane from the 1030 at church, you know. (laughs) But actually, like, it's really valuable to know that people are praying for you and supporting you in that. Um, and churches, like anything, if you're a church that doesn't have that many single Christian men or single Christian people, but there are a few, like call up your vicar mates from down the road and mm. say, like, let's let's do something. Don't call it a single thing because then none of none of the like, particularly the eligible ones who have lots of <laughs> options will show up. You just want to like make it fun and whatever you do when you want men and women to feel encouraged and like they've enjoyed themselves and like they've met new people, have a strict hold on the gender balance at your events. Do not let 60 women turn up to an event with 10 men because they leave and they cry, you know, and that is not encouraging. It's really, and I know that it comes from a great place, but just if you can't manage that well, then just have five people and five people. How would you manage that incidentally? Oh, you would have two separate links for people to sign up to say that they're coming and you would you would cap the number. I mean, this is how like if you went to a speed dating event run by Salt, they advertise to the men first. And when they know they've got 50 men, they open up 50 women's tickets. And that, and, and it's a really, you know, I organize events where I invite single people along and it's I push for the men to come and then I uh, like open up first come, first serve for the women to, to match that number, but it's just not fun otherwise. Yeah. So you mentioned Salt there, that's a Christian dating app yes. and, and you do yes. some stuff for Salt. One of yeah. the things you do, and I would love to hear a bit more about this, Lauren, is third wheel dates. Yeah. Now, <laughs> talk, talk to me, talk to me about that. It's only the most fun job anyone's ever given me. I Next time I come on this podcast, can you just refer to me as the Christian Silla Black? I think yes, that's please. actually, that's the official title I'm running with now. Can you give me your, what's your name and where'd you come from, please, and your best Scouse accent? Yeah. What's your name and where'd you come from? Was Very that right? <laughs> oh, Jim, I've got a cousin who's Scouse and he will not enjoy that at all. <laughs> oh, Lauren, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> yeah, I honestly, so Third Wheel Dates is where we, it's it's me and the, one of the SALT team because they just sort of shit me in for it. I'm not actually part of their sort of core team. I'm, I'm just the presenter. So it's me and their head of sort of social media and marketing and people sign up and say like, oh, I'd love to be introduced to someone. And we do our best to do like incredible matches with people who we think will really get on with each other. 
but we don't just do that. Then I go on the date with them and I sit in between them and make it like somewhere in between awkward and fun, I would say. <laughs> Fine balance. Yeah. Could go either way. Yeah. But they, I often find, and people do say this, that it's less awkward than a first date because they've kind of got me as a buffer. So they mm. can take the mick out of me. They mm. can kind of like group together and, and tell me off if I try and make things too awkward, like if I make them hold hands or something, you know, and they get to do like fun activities together. And then at the end, they hold up a card and say like IRL, which stands for in real life. And that means that they would like to follow up with a date in real life where obviously cameras wouldn't be there. And like, that's incredible. And they can get to know each other better or URL, which means like, oh, I actually like thought you were great, but maybe it's more of a friendship vibe for me. In which Mm. case we put a URL, like a link underneath. So people who've watched it and enjoyed it and think like, oh, maybe I'd get on with that guy or that Mm. woman can drop them a message and say like, hey, how about a day with me? And we've had someone going out off the back of that URL as well, which I'm really chuffed about. <laughs> You're listening to Unapologetic from Premier Unbelievable. Well, let's talk a little bit about your book, Laura, Notes on Love. Why did you decide to write that? I struggled with a lot of the books for Christians who were single that were out there. And and some of them had like, you know, people skipping through fields of wheat, you know, with floaty (laughs) dresses. Or it was all about like praying for your husband or, or, you know, trusting God in the waiting. And it's it's all true. You know, like, yes, yes, we should pray for a husband if you want one. And you should you know, pull in to God if you're waiting for anything in your life, you know, like, but I just didn't feel super encouraged or heard or represented Mm. through a lot of those books. And there are some amazing ones, but it all just felt a bit wishy-washy. And, and actually like I would go to the, for a coffee or, or even, you know, to the pub with friends after church sometimes. And we'd have these hilarious conversations about like, you know, a recent date or some of the messages we've got on our dating apps and stuff like that. But there would also be in amongst the sort of fun and, and chatting and excitement of it. There'd also be like real moments of like disappointment and hurt and upset. And those conversations were so raw and real. Mm. And we'd always pray with each other and stuff like that. And I just thought like, where's that book? That's like, that's just like those chats, you know, and that's what I tried to do. So there are parts of it which are deliberately funny. I mean, at least they're supposed to be. I don't know if everyone <laughs> would agree that they are. But that, there's some funny bits. But there's also some bits which are, like, really hard, really, really difficult. Um, and some moments, yeah, and and it's, it's light and dark. But I think that that's kind of what dating is. It's, it's very rarely all just easy street, fun, lovely, go for dinner, meet a nice person kind of vibes actually sometimes like can feel really disheartened and that needs to be talked about one of the things I love about you Lauren is that it's so often uh, the kind of smug married couples who are doing the matchmaking who are trying to bring their single friends together but it's something you feel really really passionate about as a single person yourself so why is it that you as a single person are super passionate about sort of bringing your single friends together I think it was after I well two things I prayed with my publisher before the book came out. And that's the amazing thing about having a Christian publisher is like they want to pray with you. And in her prayer, she said, let this be 
a ministry, not just a book. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, amen. Like, yes, God, let's do this. Let's have a ministry. Um, And off the back of that, you know, like I've started really making a beeline for the single Christian people that I meet and trying to introduce them, which often means I friend zone myself with men. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like, can I introduce you to people? And they're like, oh, uh, (laughs) yeah, sure. And then I'm like, this is my friend, blah, blah. And then, yeah, so I've been challenged to stop doing that, but we'll see. Um, So yeah, and often that means like doing this salt third wheel dates and and really advocating for people using those platforms and those apps if they feel like their mental health is in the right place to do so um and organizing like big parties for, for single people and um and often trips and things like that and really encouraging churches to do more of this stuff and i think it was when i was talking to people for the book and i interviewed a, a number of single people that i realized that for some the fact that they were still single was the greatest disappointment of their lives. Mm, mm. And that's not right. You know, like partly, yes, I want people to meet people, but partly I I feel like when you're single, there are perks and challenges. And when you're married, there are perks and challenges. And for some reason, we've all forgotten about the perks of being single. Yeah. You know, like we all know the perks of being married and we all talk about the challenges of marriage all the time. And we talk about the challenges of being single, but actually like, let's bring back the perks, you know, whilst we don't have children or a partner who we have to sync diaries with or, um, you know, have to designate our budget to whatever married thing or, or child that we have. Like, let's use that freedom to go and do like really silly dates. Let's go on a segue. Let's hang out with our single friends. Let's, let's go on holiday to those big group holidays. You know, let's, if you're lucky enough to live in a house share with people who you get on really well with, that's so fun. Like yeah. enjoy that friend time because if and when you get married, you won't live with your like guy mates anymore and just play FIFA when you get home from work. And you won't live with your girlfriends and have lovely, you know, pl- maybe play FIFA when you get home from work. You know, I don't know, whatever <laughs> it is that, that you enjoy doing as a community, like that's amazing. Let's celebrate that. And don't wish it away because you'll wish it back. You know, I mean, Ruth, you just, I don't mean to out your private life, but you've got a lovely kid. And I'm sure there are times where you're like, oh, do you remember when I just like lived with my girlfriends and, and like yeah. we just we just watch a film, and no one would like come into the toilet whilst I'm trying to have some alone time. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, well, the days when I didn't have cow pollen vomit down my jumper. Yeah, exactly. That magic time. Like yeah. they're both amazing in their own right, but let's not forget to enjoy the amazing mm. now. I think, and and part of that is is getting out there and enjoying the social aspects of being single mm. now lauren like we absolutely need to reclaim the perks and we need to stop <laughs> putting married people on pedestal for sure um i don't know if you've ever heard mike pilavachi founder of salsa yes. talk about his singleness he's yeah. one of my like favorite speakers like and i just think so brilliant on this mm. topic mm. now it's all very well sort of saying all this and i guess in, in your world a lot of the people that you're setting up or talking to are single but mm. with a view to potentially one day getting married mm. what about those people who for whom singleness singleness sort of looks like this is forever mm-hmm. How, wh- wh- you know what would you say to those people and what if I guess what if that's you potentially what if you mm. are going to be single forever what 
you know what's what do you mean you like plural or specifically me (laughs) I mean let's go both let's go you plural and let's go you single and I don't feel called to be single Mm -hmm. um but I see how great my life is as a single person and I wouldn't I think I think I'd be able to make it work. I think I think I'd be able to do more than make it work, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my, uh, I would like to meet someone, um, and I think that there would be a grieving process if I came to the realization that that definitely wasn't going to happen. And that is that is, I think, is something very natural. And I know a mm-hmm. lot of women, particularly after they go through menopause, they feel like that's a line because mm-hmm. yes, of course, they can still get married, but in terms of of biologically having children, that's um, that is a grieving process, realizing that that's no longer mm. a possibility. So um, that said, though, I mean, for anyone who makes that decision or through circumstances and and things like is just single, um, I think like I think it's just such an incredible decision. It's such an incredible and it's so countercultural mm. in the church. You know how the church is supposed to be countercultural. This is like countercultural in the countercultural place. You know, like, <laughs> like the most countercultural you could possibly you, be. You could not be. This is like the Russian dolls of countercultural that we're talking about here, you know? And it's to be admired and it's to be celebrated. And what I would say is it's so important that you gather a community around you mm. who knows the value of that. And it is not because you couldn't find a husband or wife. It is not because you were left on the shelf or unwanted or undesired. It's actually because you had such bigger plans for what you wanted to do and how your life was going to look. And that's exciting. And I think to churches and church communities, you know, like I've heard so many people say like, oh, around Christmas is very hard, you know, because that's when everyone goes to their real family in inverted commas, Mm. where church is supposed to be family, but then suddenly everyone's like, oh, out of town or, you know, whatever, whatever. And that's very hard for single people. I think that there are some ways that we can create an environment where it's easy to make that decision. Because I think a lot of people think, great, so I'm just going to be alone. And actually, no, like if your church community is doing it properly, you will not be alone, not Mm. in the slightest. And I think that we often confuse and I say this in the book and it's and I really feel strongly about this, like hospitality and entertaining and entertaining is like inviting them two weeks in advance. And, oh, you've you've put a little playlist on there. You've, you've dug out your Come Dine With Me CD. And you take someone's coat and maybe you cook more than one course or you serve a pudding or, you know, and it's all very, you've, you've, you've tidied up a bit before they came. That's fine. That's entertaining. That's lovely. I love getting those invitations. But what I love more is when someone goes like, yeah, just rock up. You know, like there's a, oh, we we had pasta bake yesterday, so microwave some. And you put your own dish in the dishwasher and then there's a movie on and you just sit down and watch it, you know, or like if that family has kids, you're like, I'll do, I'll do bedtime. I'll read the book with them. You, you sit down, you know, that is that everyone benefits from that. You get a space where you feel like you're at home. You're not a guest, you're a part of, you know, and that's so important. And I think it'd be very hard for someone to decide they were not going to have their own partner in nuclear family if they didn't have access to something like that. And we need to make sure everyone does, whether they're single for now or forever, you know, that's, that's it. Like open your home without feeling like you have to clean first would be my advice and make sure that everyone has a family that they can get stuck into and just turn up and just be a part of. 
Well, you're Lauren, you're very welcome to come and change my baby's nappies <laughs> and walk my dog if you want to. So, you know, the, the offer's always there. <laughs> I do. My married friends, with the ones with kids, always have a stocked fridge. So be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you do have a dog to contend with as well. And, I, you know, I can't guarantee whose poo you'll be cleaning up. But uh, it'd be one of them. <laughs> All just merges into one eventually, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, I guess as we're sort of coming to the end of this, you say that you're not seeing yourself as, as single forever. So this might be a really difficult question to answer, but do you think there's anything that you would want to say to your future married self, Lauren, that you kind of don't want yourself to forget? Like anything that you're kind of learning in the now and and thinking about that you'd want to like plug in when you're sort of smugly, happily married and <laughs> and you've got 17 children and three dogs. Oh, and, all you know. 17 of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, gosh. Okay. I think I would love to remember not to ditch my single friends because a lot of single women particularly feel like they get their mates over that line. Mm. Like, you know, they do the whole thing. Oh, you're dating, blah, blah, blah. Like really supportive, blah, blah, blah. Oh, pray with you for that. You know, all of this kind of stuff. And then they then they stand there as a bridesmaid, gone. And they never mm. see that woman again, maybe apart from like a baby shower or something. And I like, you know, there's always a stage of like, honeymoon period and I think there's grace for that and also if you know if a family's just had a baby they're not going to be being very proactive about reaching out (laughs) like I get that you know but I would love to to be mindful of the fact that those Mm. relationships are incredibly important to me and yes I'd still want to socialize with as I do now my married friends but like I, I don't want my relationship status to dictate who I invest in yeah um, and I think a lot of people have felt quite burned by that. Yeah. Um, so that I think is probably my primary thing that I would want someone to remind me of, you know, a week or so before I get married and then yeah. every, every six months after. Yeah. Um, what else? No, maybe that's, I think that's probably it. That's good. That's really helpful. Um, I guess my final question, just because I did get to the end of your bio on your website, so I feel like I needed to be rewarded for this. Sure. Um, as someone who used to work on Blue Peter, I've got to ask you, ah! what what was your badge for? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I also feel like we may need to explain to our American listeners what Blue Peter is and also what Blind Date is. I realise we just sort of using all the English references. Blind Date first, hit us. What's Blind Date about? And then you can tell me what Blue right. Peter is. Yeah, I think there there is a... So Blind Date in America is the dating game or the dating oh, okay. show, I think. Excellent. It's something like that. Um, and it's, it's a screen, one person picking from three potential partners on the other side of the screen just by asking them questions and it's all very cheesy and and blah 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 but I'm pretty sure it's called the dating game okay. so I think they should know it Excellent. I know I yeah I oh I, that, that you was a research test. for your book didn't yeah. you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then Blue Peter gosh I can't think what the, the American equivalent to Blue Peter oh. is but it's like a mag- magazine show for kids isn't it yeah. like half hour show where they go off and do fun things and they show you to make things or cook things or you know have interviews or performances and um blah 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 very wholesome and if you participate as a child on the show in some way you're rewarded with a blue peter badge and that was exciting because it meant you got into legoland for free Um, (laughs) (laughs) and museums and museums no but lots of lots of attractions which were like educational and or fun 
in and around the country you had access to, but they had to stop the scheme when eBay started because people started selling them to each other. And that was it. So for a while, it was a real thing. And now you can probably get them for 50p online. Um, But I got one because when they opened the Science Museum in London, my school went to be like the fun kids playing with all the things and it was Katie Hill's first episode Uh and I was playing in the little bit where they've got lots of water that you pour in different places some sort of science I mean who knows um and she was presenting and I sort of skipped past the screen so so that was that warranted a badge because you appeared that's where my fame started well I mean who (laughs) knew it would be all uphill from there right yeah up yeah Katie Hill uphill oh there was a joke there there, yeah yeah. (laughs) didn't even mean that but I'll take it launched your career well there we go Lauren I mean right if people want to get a hold of your book let's Mm. let's go back to what we're talking about where where can people get a copy of um of Notes on Love well, I, you know, probably the, the most Christian friendly place would be somewhere like SPCK is my publisher. They've got it on their website or Eden. Um, but it's also at all of the big, you know, the, the, well, I like Waterstones, Waterstones, W.H. Smith, you can get it on their websites. And then also the big place where everyone orders their books, it's available. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> that which shall not be named. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. I feel like we need to have you on to talk about other stuff. But oh, thank all you the for... time. Let's just yeah. do this. Yeah. <laughs> You've just been like my regular feature. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to Unapologetic with me, Ruth Jackson. As always, you can find out more about our guest through the links with today's show. And please do let us know what you think of the programme by emailing unbelievable at premier.org.uk. Please be honest. If you don't like it, we want to know so we can do better. Um, Or you can get in touch with us on social media. Thank you for listening and see you next week. You've been listening to Unapologetic. For more shows, resources and our newsletter, visit premierunbelievable.com.